you are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena and I am your host. And today is Twitter Thursday. We finally made it. My favorite day of the week, answering your questions. Before I jump into the uh, 20 or so questions received, just want to give you guys an update as to the rest of the week and into next week, some programming notes. On Friday, we're going to have Brad uh, Mader from Locked On Rams. He's going to give us an overview of new offensive lineman Jamon Brown whom the Giants picked up off of waivers. And also on Friday's show, we're going to have a special celebrity guest, uh, Giant fan, a longtime Giant fan. And uh, I won't tell you who he is, but those of you in the New York area will probably recognize this gentleman once uh, you hear him introduced on the program. Then on Monday, it's game day, and we're going to run a special show on Monday. I'm actually going to do... Uh, three segments for that show. What we're going to do is we're going to start off with keys to the game. And then to kind of answer some of the questions I've been getting about the draft, I turn to a draft expert, none other than Dane Brugler of The uh, the Athletic. And uh, Dane was nice enough to come on and give some insight into how the draft class is uh, shaping up at quarterback, at offensive line, at all the positions that the Giants need. So that's a look at what's coming up on Locked on Giants. And without any further delay, let's get into your questions on Twitter Thursday. The first question comes from Kevin LaFasso. I hope I said that right. Wants to know, speaking of Jamon Brown, do you think that was more about next year, though he could help immediately? Um. I think it could be about next year. You got to remember with Jamon Brown, he is in the final year of his rookie deal. And, um, you know, so the Giants are going to try him out. And you'll hear on Friday, like I said before, you'll hear on Friday, Brad Mater gave us a really good scouting report on Jamon Brown. And uh, I think this is a guy, based on everything I've heard, not just from Brad, but just from asking around the league, this is a guy who I think can potentially help the Giants. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he has to bring to the table. Now, I don't line up uh, on uh, on Monday night, but um, I, I would not be surprised if he's in that lineup at some point uh, sooner than later. So thank you for that question, and uh, we'll move on to the next one. The next question comes from Jesse W., who wants to know, can you name any position on the field that we need to fill less than running back. Jesse, guess what? The Giants need running backs, okay? I know Saquon Barkley is is the workhorse there, but you know, you don't just go into it to a season with with one guy. You have to have multiple guys. And we, I think we can all agree that Jonathan Stewart has no future with this team. Um I'm not so sure if Wayne Gallman does. I mean, he was a guy who I've always been very high on, but, you know, he just hasn't had as many opportunities, not even to, like, relieve Barkley, you know, unless there's, he's been dinged. So um, I would not say that, um, you know, the running back position is, is a safe one to where they don't have to draft. Now, is it a priority? 
Probably not. But I would not say that, you know, that, that no work has to be done there. I, I do believe they're going to have to um, restock that position a little bit, as well as maybe look to uh, examine the football. I'm sorry, as well as to, to examine the fullback position. So we'll see how that works out. Thank you for that question. The next question comes from Freddie. Wants to know your gut feeling. Do you think the Giants lock up Landon Collins long-term or do they slap the franchise tag on him? You know, that's interesting, Freddie. I would like to see the Giants start negotiating with Landon Collins at the end of this year. They have the cap space to get it done. And, you know, if Collins is, is coming off of a, you know, a year that's not really typical of what he has been shown himself able to produce. So I would not mind if the Giants got him his contract taken care of this year. Now, will they? Probably not. It's just never that simple. And, you know, Collins has expressed a desire to stay with the Giants. I think the Giants would like to keep him, even though there were reports of, of them trying to trade him. So my gut feeling is, is they will use the franchise tag if they can't reach a long-term deal uh, to, to secure his services for this next several years. Okay, keeping with the uh, young players and, and securing them long-term theme, Ryan wants to know, do you see Sterling Shepard in the long-term plans? Gee, I sure hope so. Um, I haven't really studied the cap too far down the line. I do know Shepard uh, is in the last year of his contract, I believe, next year. So that's going to be a big year for him. Now, I would think at that point, it, even if the Giants bring back Eli Manning next year, which is still, I'm, I don't know if they will or won't, but at that point, by the time they get to um, 2020, which is the final year of the CBA, by the way, I would think at that point, Eli's contract will be off the books. I would think that Olivier Vernon's contract will be off the books. And also the salary cap is rising. So Presumably, they should be able to keep him. Oh, and I, I think Nate Solder's guaranteed money run, runs out as well. That's the other big contract that they have on the books. So I do think they will be able to keep him, you know, whether they, you know, will want to or how they're going to go about it. I don't know. But I can tell you this. I don't see them paying Sterling Shepard what they are paying Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, if, if Shepard's going to dig in and want something compatible in terms of a contract, I just don't see that happening. So we'll see. Hopefully they keep them. Francis Aloka wants to know, at what point do you think the Giants... Oh, I'm sorry. At this point, do you think the Giants restructure or cut Janoris Jenkins? Well, right now, if you're talking about right now, Jenkins is going to finish out the year on his restructured contract that was reworked back in September, I believe. But as for next year... I would be very surprised if Janoris Jenkins is a member of the Giants. I believe he's got a $13 million cap hit. That's a lot of money to carry for a guy on the wrong side of 30 and whose production just hasn't matched what he delivered in 2016. So um, I don't know that they're going to restructure again. Um, my guess is they move on. Sam Beal is waiting in the wings. I know he's on injured reserve this year, but he's probably going to be one of the starters next year. And I would not rule out them drafting uh, a young cornerback. Because as you will hear on Monday's show, when Dave Brugler uh, popped in, uh, cornerback is a position that is, is turning out to be a deep one for this draft class. So 
I could see the Giants moving on from Janoris Jenkins after this year. John G., he asks, why did the Giants drop Quadri Henderson? Uh, he's looked very good out there. I, I don't know, John. I mean, that's a, a head scratcher to me. I mean, the only thing I can think of is is they see more upside in Jawill Davis as both a returner and as a receiver. Now, what's interesting is, if you remember, when Jawill Davis got injured, he did not have the same fate as the other punt returners and kickoff returners before him. Kalen Clay, Stacey Coley, Cody Latimer. And by that, I mean he wasn't placed on injured reserve. So they kept him around. They kept him on the active 53-man roster, waited for him to heal, brought up Henderson, and, and moved on. Now, the only other thing I can think of is that in addition that to um, to, to Jawill Davis, you also have to remember Corey Coleman is now on the 53-man roster. So I'm just wondering if they maybe think they have their third and fourth receiver as well as their, their um, return specialist from amongst that group of Davis and Corey Coleman. So thank you for that question. Next question comes from B. Smith, who wants to know, how should the Giants address free safety? You know, it's interesting, uh, B, I, I just finished writing an article for The Athletic. I think it's going to drop on Friday. And in that article, the topic is the top players the Giants have on their roster under the age of 25, who I think will be very much a part of the foundation moving forward. And one of the guys I listed is Sean Chandler, who is a defensive back. Right now, he's been alternating with uh, Grant Haley in the slot, but he is a safety by trade. Now, you know, during the, the season, we don't get to watch practice, unfortunately. So I can't tell you how people look or how they're being used or anything like that. But Sean Chandler was a guy in the preseason that kind of jumped out and was intriguing. So I could see him being in the mix next year at free safety. Um, I, I don't know if they plan to bring back Curtis Riley. They, they might and just have him compete for the job. But uh, I, I think, you know, beyond that, it's kind of premature to say what direction they might go in, who else they might bring in. Um, the problem with free agency is that, you know, you can look at a preliminary list of who's going to be a free agent, but teams will either resign some of those guys or suddenly teams will cut other guys that you weren't expecting. And that just, you know, changes the whole complexion of the uh, free agency class. So little too soon for that but Sean Chandler is definitely a guy I would keep an eye on uh, Mike Thomas will be back next year um, I, I would be you know shocked if he's not so they will have some options on the roster I do expect them to add though add that position because they just don't have a true uh, uh, free safety who can cover as as uh, you know the lone center fielder back there so thanks for that question all right, you're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer. This is a Twitter Thursday. We're going to take our first break, and then we will come back, and I will continue answering your questions. So stay with us. The Locked On Podcast Network is doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, follow Locked On NFL Net to get all the latest breaking news and game highlights from the Locked On Podcast Network NFL hosts, all on one convenient feed. On Instagram, 
Locked On NFL Net gives you the biggest stories, including audio cuts as provided by the various Locked On NFL team hosts. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram to get your daily fill of the NFL. The Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you in part by BlueChew.com. Visit BlueChew.com for more information and to take advantage of their special offer for Locked On Giants listeners. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get your first shipment for only $5 shipping and handling. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com, bluechew.com. Welcome back to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Trainer, and today is Twitter Thursday, the best day of the week as far as I'm concerned because that's the day I get to your questions, your burning questions. And I do thank the the numerous people who sent in questions. I, I think I'm going to be able to get to all of them on this show. And uh, if I miss a question or two, I do apologize. You know, do hit me up again. Make sure you're sending your questions to either LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com or you're tweeting them to me. Uh, with the hashtag AskPTrain. You can send them to either Locked On Giants, that's Locked On underscore Giants, or Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. Okay, back to your questions. And first up in segment two, we have a question all the way from the United Kingdom from Alex S. Wants to know, um, why would the why would the Giants think of trading Collins? Actually, there's two questions here. Why would they think of trading Collins? And he wanted to know something about the work stoppage and what we're expecting to happen with the new CPA, CBA and what impact that could have on the Giants. Um, Alex, let me ask answer the second question first. We don't know what the new CBA is going to look like because obviously they haven't sat down and negotiated it. So I, I really can't tell you what it's going to look like or what kind of impact it's going to have across the league. What I am guessing at this point, based on what I've been reading, based on what I've heard, is that it just sounds like the NFLPA, which is the Players Union, and the NFL Management Council, which represents the owners, it sounds like there's a lot of disagreement on on a variety of topics. And, um, you know... I don't know if they've begun talking. I don't think they have, but I'm not very optimistic based on stuff that I've read, stuff that I've heard, that that they will get it done in time after the 2020 season to avoid some sort of work stoppage. But, you know, that's way off in the future. A lot can happen between now and then. So I would say for the time being, let's not worry about it. Let's just focus on the next year, you know, the rest of this year and next year in getting the Giants, you know, straightened out. Okay, um, as far as your, your first question goes, why would the Giants think of trading Collins? Um, I, look, the, I don't know how serious they were in trading Collins. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when, back in March when there was talk about trading Odell. Sometimes when you, when you talk about, you know, trading a player or wanting to trade a player, um, you don't, um, if you don't really want to move him on, you will set a very high asking price, almost an unrealistic asking price. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe one of the asking prices I saw for Collins was a second-round pick, and I think there was another pick involved. can't remember what the, the value was. 
So that to me told me that they just weren't serious about moving Collins. They figured, you know, look, let me ask for it and somebody ponies up, great. You know, we, we use it and we, we negotiate and get another guy or, or you know, a veteran, or whether it be a veteran or whether we get, uh, you know, somebody in the draft. So, um, you know, the bottom line is they didn't move Collins. I, for one, am glad. I think he's one of the young players, 25 and under. They can build this team around. And um, we'll see how those negotiations go with his contract when the time comes. Okay, Rich uh, wants to know, where on the defensive line do you see R.J. McIntosh playing? Oh, there's actually three questions in it. Three questions in here. Was waving Henderson done because they like G? All right, I answered that one about uh, Quadri Henderson. And then who are your most improved and most regressed players from last season? Okay. Um, R.J. McIntosh, I think, is going to be uh, probably a guy they're going to play both inside and outside on that defensive line. Um, again, we're not allowed to see practice during the season, so I don't know where they've been moving him around to, but uh, he's a guy I think who can play both inside and outside. And I just I have to double-check his weight, but I'm thinking right now he might be better suited for the outside. But I, I need to see something from him. I haven't seen him at all since he's come to the Giants. So I couldn't even tell you right now that, oh, I think based on what I saw in the spring or in the summer, this is where I think he would be a best fit for because, you know, he hasn't been able to practice, unfortunately. Most improved and most regressed players from last season. Most improved, I'm going to say Sterling Shepard. Um, really like what he has shown. He took on the outside receiver role a little bit more this year in addition to the slot. And, you know, he's, he's, he's having a good year. I mean, he's, he's a bright spot, no question. Most regressed from last season. Goodness. Uh, whew, we could take our pick here, couldn't we? Um, let's see. I, oh, this is a tough one because there's so many to choose from. Regressed. Let's see, Eli's kind of struggled. The offense, I'm going to say as a unit, I'm going to say the offensive line. i got to go with the offensive line because, you know, here we, here we are. We thought that that line would be better once they added Nate Solder and Patrick Omame, once they put Eric Flowers on the right side, which is where a lot of people thought he would, he would be the best fit. Um, but that line, as you know, was, has been a disappointment. I mean, Nate Solder has played hurt. You know, if you watch him, he has that big apparatus on his arm, which I've got to believe is is affecting him in some way, shape, or form. Um, Eric Flowers, as we know, he's no longer on the roster. He was benched early on, so they pulled the plug on that experiment. Patrick Omame didn't succeed when he flipped from left to right. So I, ju I just think if you're talking about units that, that regressed, that's the one that you've got to look at. I know that's an obvious answer, but... Like I said, there's just so many guys you can point to and, and saying that they've regressed. And, you know, I just think, you know, the offensive line, that's where it all starts. It all starts up front. So, okay. Thank you for that question. Uh, Jesse Semino wants to know, what's the one thing you are looking forward to most in the second half of our basically lost season? Easy. I want to see the young kids play. I want to see the Kyle Lawlettas. I want to see the Sean Chandlers, the Grant Haley's, R.J. McIntosh. I want to see more of Lorenzo Carter. 
I want to see the youth movement because they are the future. You know, some of these guys who, you know, may not be on the team next year, there's really no reason to, to, in my mind, to continue playing them. You know, see what you got with these young kids and, you know, sprinkle them in a little bit more. I mean, I would love to see, for example, Lorenzo Carter and Olivier Vernon as the edge rushers and just kind of get a glimpse into what the future might hold. I think that would be very exciting. So that's definitely, I think, top of my list of what I would like to see in the second half of the season. Joey V wants to know, most likely we will end up with a top three pick in the draft. Are there any top three worthy offensive linemen to be drafted? Does it make sense to build the line and go with a stopgap that at quarterback for a short time instead of having a rookie quarterback constantly running for his life? Joey, a couple things on that. Um, Dane Brugler uh, will be on the program on Monday. I think he'll be able to better answer the questions about the offensive linemen, and I did ask him about that. He mentioned there were a couple that, you know, are intriguing, worth keeping an eye on. But you got to remember, right now, the draft class is not complete. The juniors haven't declared, and I think once the juniors declare, that's going to change the complexion of the draft class as it currently stands. So I would just say, you know, sit tight on that, as I would to suggest we sit tight on whether or not the Giants are going to have a top three draft pick, because you never know. I mean, I know it looks like that's where they're headed, but stranger things have happened and you never know. I mean, for all we know, they could go on a, a run and win five out of these last eight games. I know that's that's stretching it. That's probably, you know, wishful thinking on my part. But you can never say never. You just never, ever know. So, um, again, tune in on Monday. Dane Brugler from The Athletic broke down different positions, answered questions about the rookie quarterbacks and who, the who you know, the, the sleeper picks are and whatnot. That was a real good interview, really good stuff. Can't wait for you guys to hear that. Carlos wants to know any info about Corey Coleman. Very curious to know if he's getting snaps at wide receivers, special teams, etc. Um, I don't know Carlos because again, we are not allowed to see the the practices during the um, during the regular season. So I unfortunately can't give you an answer on that. My guess is is if Corey Coleman continues to develop and learn that playbook, I could see him maybe challenging for the third receiver spot and just, you know, settling in that spot. As you know, the Giants haven't really had a third receiver. They've kind of been rotating different guys in that role. And it it just, to me, if you look at the, the snap counts and the production, it just hasn't been good there. So maybe Corey Coleman puts a stop to that, you know, search party that they have going on, and he becomes that guy. And as far as, you know, his work on special teams, again, I, I just don't know if they've been using him in that capacity. I think there have been a couple times uh, where he may have, you know, lined up there in practice or something in the part open to the media. But my guess, my gut feeling is is that Jamal Davis will go back to um, handling the punt and kickoff returns. Uh, let's see. Nunya wants to know, should the Giants avoid picking a quarterback in the first round and draft a quarterback in the second round because of teams lack of teams in quarterback hell. 
Um, again, Nunya, we don't know which quarterbacks are coming out. I, I really look, I know you guys want to talk about the draft. That's one of the reasons why I asked Dane Brugler to come on. And I'm going to try and get you another draft expert to come uh, to come on the show and answer some more questions. Maybe what we'll do is we'll devote a Twitter Thursday just to draft questions. But right now, I just I can't answer these questions because, like I said, the draft class is not complete. And also, right now, I'm covering the Giants literally seven days a week, so I don't have the time. I would like to sit and you know watch college football and break down tape. I will be doing that in January. I'll have a better, more informed opinion for you, and uh, we'll see how that that all plays out. You know, by then we'll know which juniors have declared, and then we can start you know putting together some some ideas as to where the draft might be heading and what the Giants might be thinking. So, you know, save those questions. And, and like I said, um, what I'll try and do is if you follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trina, if I can book another uh, draft analyst to come on the show, maybe we'll devote a Twitter Thursday to that uh, to draft questions. So just sit tight and bear with me, guys. OK, uh, Lori at, or Lore asks, why does Shermer think Eli can make the team win when there's no improvements made this week? Does he think Eli hasn't been playing hard? Is this his way of getting rid of Eli without taking the heat for doing for doing it? I think what what Laura's uh, referring to is the comments Shermer made about sitting Eli down and talking with him. And I I think you're reading into it, Lori. I mean, look, nobody on that team has played well, Eli Manning included. So I don't see what the big deal is with Shermer, who, you know, I believe sits with Eli anyway on a weekly basis with the game planning and whatnot. Uh, I, I don't see what the big deal is to sit him down and say, hey, look, man, you've got to play better. We really need you to step it up. You know, and Shermer did say, by the way, that he, he said the same thing to the entire team. So he wasn't singling out Eli per se. Um, we also don't know what improvements they've made this week because they haven't played yet. And we haven't seen them practice yet. Not even, um, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, the, the team portion. I mean, they practiced. They went through a walkthrough on Tuesday. They don't really start their, their preparation for the 49ers until Thursday today. So just, I, w- I would hold off before saying that they haven't made any improvements because we just haven't seen it. We don't know yet. And I think that's that's a, a, a premature statement to make. So, um We'll, we'll keep you posted for sure on that. All right, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, I will answer the remaining questions on this Twitter Thursday. Stay with us. Hey, Giant fans. Is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company could be mentioned right now, right here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their favorite podcasts. Our demographics is 98% male with more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. For more information on our very affordable advertising rates, email LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. Hey, Giant fans. Looking for tickets to the next home or road game? Or maybe you're looking for tickets to the latest concert or Broadway show or perhaps even another sporting event. Whatever the event you're looking to attend, Vivid Seats has you covered. 
Simply visit Vivid Seats website or use their app available for download from the Apple Store or Google Play to find the event and venue of interest. You can then sort by seat location or price to find just what it is you're looking for. It's really that easy. And because you're a valued listener to the Locked on Giants podcast, Vivid Seats has a special offer just for you. Receive $20 off your first order of $200 or more when you enter the promo code Locked On at checkout. Remember, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit VividSeats.com or download their app and don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On to save $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Twitter Thursday. My name is Patricia Trena, and I am your host of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. And we have a few more questions left on this Twitter Thursdays, starting off with John Spielman. Wants to know, uh, Pat, I know you've been saying Lawletta could start once the Giants are mathematically eliminated, but might it be sooner? John, the best answer I can give you regarding that is that I get the impression, based on what Shermer had to say this week, that uh, Lawletta is still transitioning from college to the pros and maybe isn't ready yet to step in and, and play sooner. So this is kind of why I'm sticking with maybe the last four games of the season where we will see him, you know, barring an injury, of course. And even if, if you know, God forbid there were an injury, we could see Alex Tanny because um, Pat Shermer has, has said, look, don't rule this guy out. He is our backup quarterback right now. But I I just don't know that Walletta, I mean, could we see him early? Yes, maybe in a mop-up role, but he's got to get the game day uniform first. And I just don't get the the feeling it's going to be this week. I think a more realistic time frame is probably going to be in December. That's when we could we might potentially see him if he continues to progress and if he is ready to, you know, go in there if needed. So, will you show I'm sure they'll get him in there and uh when he does, you know, I'm sure everybody will be curious to see what he brings to the table. All right, next one comes from uh Hitchit the Patel. Without trying Kyle Lawletta, should the Giants draft a quarterback if in top three picks? No, you you can't you can't think that way. There's two reasons. Number one, you do have to find out what you have in Lawletta. I mean, if you don't, you're just not doing yourself uh, a justice. And and number two, you've got to go best available. I know people get tired of this. I know people want a quarterback. But if you take the wrong quarterback, you're going to set yourself even back even worse than where you are now. So you can't force the pick. You've got to scout it out. You've got to see who's in the draft. And as I've been saying throughout this program, the juniors haven't declared yet, so we don't know. We So, so therefore, you can't lock in and say, well... It's a quarterback or bust if, if if the Giants are, you know, number number one or number two or picking number three. You just have to sit and let the process play out. So, um, you know, it, it'll it'll be here soon enough, folks. I mean, time does fly. So uh, just continue to be patient there. Saquon Barkley season wants to know, what do you think the main focus for the Giants will be this offseason? Offense or defense? Wow. Um, 
I am going to say, hmm, I think they're going to probably add uh, another running back. Um, and, and that could come from their practice squad where they have Jarrell Presley and Robert Martin, two very promising running backs that look good in the summer. Uh, I could see one or both of them moving up and maybe replacing Jonathan Stewart. And if Wayne Gallman isn't here next year, which could be a possibility. I mean, I don't know. He had, Like I said, he hasn't really gotten many opportunities to spell Saquon Barkley, but, um, you know, he may or may not be here. I hope he is, but, you know, we'll see if he is or not. Um, I think maybe they could look to add another tight end, especially if they decide to move on from uh, Red Ellison, uh, who has a, a, a rather high cap hit next year and uh, who, you know, has been kind of a drop-off. You know, he's, he hasn't been as productive as I thought he would be in this offense. So um, that's another guy to keep an eye on. Offensive line, you know, they're going to have to do something with right tackle. They're going to have to make a decision on center. You know, do they bring back John Jalapio? Do they go in a different direction? Uh, maybe they try Evan Brown if he's ready. Evan Brown is a undrafted free agent who I think is kind of the forgotten guy on the roster because, you know, he's inactive every week. So maybe if if he bulks up, adds another 10 pounds, gets himself to the size that Brett Jones was, which, you know, he's almost there. He's only like, I think, 10 pounds lighter than Brett Jones. You know, maybe he becomes an option at center. Who knows? Defensively, um, I think they're pretty well set on the defensive line. I don't know if they'll be able to keep Kerry Wynn, but I do think they're, they're stocked there. Um, linebackers, I'm going to be curious to see what they do with the inside guys. Do they keep Ogletree? I think they will. Will they keep B.J. Goodson? That, I'm, I, I don't know. I'd like to see them keep B.J. Goodson, but, you know, will they go for a guy who's maybe more of a three-down inside linebacker? That, that uh, is a possibility because right now I don't know that they have an inside linebacker who's really good at coverage. And then, of course, the defensive secondary, you're look, potentially looking at three new starters back there, two new cornerbacks, and then a free safety. So um, that's how I kind of see things playing out regarding uh, what they need to do in the offseason. And as we get a little closer, I'll try and prioritize it and give you some names and whatnot as to you know what direction they might be thinking to go in. Okay, this next question comes from I'm better than you at Mac underscore D3. Midway through the season, how do you rate our draft picks? Great question. Love it. Saquon, I give an A because, you know, even though the Giants are ranked 31st in rushing, that Saquon's been able to do what he's been able to do despite not having the best run blocking in front of him. It's just been nothing short of amazing. Love the kid's attitude. I love his work ethic. I love the talent. I wish they would use him more in space. But, you know, that, that pick so far has been an A for me. Um, pick number two, Will Hernandez. I'm going to give him a solid B. Uh, he's a rookie. He's learning. He had a little bit more of a learning curve coming from UTEP um, because of the, you know, the level of competition. But I really like the foundation that he brings. And I think he's going to be really good and in, in, in a stalwart on this offensive line moving forward. B.J. Hill, I give a solid A, an absolute stud. He doesn't get a lot of credit, doesn't have gaudy numbers, but, man, that kid can play. And he's a, he's a quiet guy, you know, very athletic. And I think 
he's the type of defensive lineman who can potentially be a, a three-down lineman. And he's also a big reason why that I think the Giants felt comfortable trading Damon Harrison when they did. So love him. Uh, I love the pick of Lorenzo Carter, the other third-round pick. Uh, Lorenzo Carter is, I think, once he learns to, to play the run a little bit better, beefs up, adds a little bit more bulk to him, like I said, just the thought of him and Olivier Vernon as the edge guys, it, it makes me, you know, dream of better days for the Giants' pass rush. Uh, let's see. Kyle Lawletta, incomplete. We, we can't give a grave to him because he hasn't played. R.J. McIntosh, again, incomplete. Can't give a grade to him because he hasn't played. But uh, I definitely think the top of the draft, uh, the Giants... You know, they, they, they came up with some, some solid picks there. I think I got everybody. Saquon, Will Hernandez, Carter, Hill, and, um, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting. I think I got all of them in, in, in this, this response. And if I missed one, just, you know, send me a tweet and, and just tell me who I missed. But I'm pretty sure, you know, because I'm working off a of memory here, and it is the end of the day as I as I record this. So it's uh, been a long day, and... Hopefully, I get I got all of them. Um, all right, so thank you for that question. Anthony Mathay uh, wants to know, with their lack of talent at off- offensive line and pass rush, do you know the logic behind releasing Fluger and Okwara? Uh, first off, Fluger was a free agent they chose not to resign. And I don't know this for a fact, but I do remember Fluger was on injured reserve. Um, I can't remember if it was a foot. I think he had a finger injury and a foot injury. And I don't know if, if they decided to pass on him because he wasn't healthy at the time or what the story was. But, you know, I, I, he was a guy that I had hoped they'd bring back. But, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this Jamon Brown, uh, based on what I'm hearing from, from, you know, people who have seen him play, he is like a, a younger, more mobile version of DJ Fluker. So we will see if that is indeed the case. But uh, I agree. I mean, I like DJ Fluker. I thought, you know, when he came in here, the Giants running game really improved. I think they were averaging around 110 yards on the ground per game with DJ Fluker in there and something like 87 uh, without him. So uh, you need Maulers. I mean, no question about it. Uh, as far as Romeo Aquara, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Lions, where he was signed, run a fourth a four three defense. So I'm not sure if Aquara was necessarily a fit for for what you know James Betcher was trying to do. Aquara, you know, hardworking kid, but just the, the the production just never was there as a giant. He had that one good game couple of years ago, I think when he stepped in for JPP when he got injured, and he never really matched it from that point forward. And Okora has been kind of interesting because he's, he's to me, he's always been kind of a tweener, you know, between a defensive lineman and, and an outside linebacker. So however they're using him in, in Detroit, apparently, you know, they're getting the most out of his talents and good for him. Hardworking kid, you know, deserved the shot, and I'm glad to see he's really turning it around. But, you know, you've got to go based off on, you know, what you've seen in the past. You can't pay for potential. That's where you start to get 
into trouble with your cap. So the Giants made a decision. And, you know, again, on that defensive line, Kerry Wynn has stepped up. Uh, like I said, Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill. We'll see what R.J. McIntosh brings to the table. Um, Mario Edwards Jr. Has, has, you know, flashed a few times. Josh Morrow has flashed a few times. So uh, I think they're okay on the defensive line. They may add some more guys in the offseason, but for the most part, you know, yeah, it stinks to see these guys go on, and now all of a sudden they, they're tapped into their potential and producing, but that's the risk, unfortunately, you take. So, okay, and our final question on Twitter Thursday, it comes from Marcel. We saved the best for last, right, Marcel? All right, so Marcel wants to know, in your heart of hearts, do you think the Giants will change offensive line coaches in the off season? If so, any names you like? Oh, boy. Um... I've said before that I, I'm i not so sure the job that Hal Hunter is doing with this offensive line group is one to necessarily um, applaud. Uh, when Hal Hunter was hired, it, to me he had a questionable, questionable credentials. And by that I mean he hadn't really developed any stud offensive lines any power offensive lines, as I recall. He was out of the game last year, and I just questioned that higher. And, you know, I would have liked if the Giants had kept Mike Solari. I thought Mike Solari was a very good offensive line coach, and whether or not, you know, they just couldn't keep him or Pat Shermer didn't want him, that I don't know. But um, to answer your question, Marcel, I think if you look at the offensive line, they've kind of regressed as a unit. Now, yes, you've got to look at injuries. You've got to look at the different rotations. But the offensive line played somewhat well against Jacksonville, and then it just kind of went backwards from there. And when a unit regresses, that to me is a red flag with the coaching. And then we've also heard throughout the year a couple of offensive linemen. I know Eric Flowers, I didn't realize, you know, about uh, Dante Fowler and, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of speed rusher he was or whatnot? Um, I think Nate Nate Solder a couple of weeks ago said something to the fact about preparation. Now I know preparation lies on the uh, at the feet of the players, mm-hmm. but the other thing is is when these guys struggle to pick up stunts and stuff like that, and and they look at each other like what the heck just happened. I, I'm wondering what's going on in the classroom. I mean, I, I really have to wonder about that. So will the Giants move on from Hal Hunter? I I would not be stunned if they do. I mean, you don't want to see anybody lose jobs, but at the same time, you got this, this this is a results-oriented business, and if your units aren't producing, you've got to look at everything, including the coaching, and make decisions, hard decisions. So we'll see if Pat Shermer agrees. And we'll see what the future holds. I mean, before we know it, it will be the end of the season and, and we'll be able to finally, uh, you know, put the dirt on what's been a disappointing year. So thanks for the question. And thank you, everybody, for your questions. We were able to, I was able to get through all of them. And, uh, you know, again, appreciate your, your time, your, your responses. Love the response on Twitter. And make sure you stay tuned. We've got a lot more coming up. 
on Locked on Giants again on Friday's show. We're going to have uh, Brad Mater is going to come on and he's going to talk about Jamon Brown. We're going to have a special uh, celebrity guest come on. Those of you in the New York area will recognize this gentleman. Um, he's, he's also a very frequent Twitter, fo- uh, Twitter, Twitterer. I think that's the right word, tweeter, tweeter, something like that. But uh, he will be on. We'll be talking Giants. Monday, we'll have Dane Brugler from The Athletic talking about the draft. We'll have keys to the game. Tuesday, we're going to probably do a wrap-up and breakdown of the Giant 49er Monday night game. So a lot more coming up on Locked on Giants. Make sure you keep it here. I'm Patricia Trena signing off, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.